Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of River City Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Our mission is to awaken people to the transforming presence and power of God's love. To find out more, visit rivercitychurch.com and thanks for listening. There's been a movement in our church of the Holy Spirit over the last few months, turning the hearts uh, of the mothers and the fathers toward the children. But it hasn't only been the mothers and the fathers, it's been God turning the hearts of the adults toward the children. I've had more people come out of the woodwork and say, I'm going to start giving my life to children or laying my life down for children on Sundays and in various ways. I've seen more of that happen over the last couple of months than I have at any other time in my ministry, okay? And it's not because of me, it's just I'm telling you what I've witnessed. It's because of him. Now, Sarah signed up to do this role um, last fall, and we're so excited. Someone stepped up from among us. This isn't, I'm not about to say she's done, all right? But Sarah uh, stepped up from among us to, to do this role, and really her heart was to see the leadership in our children's ministry uh, grow, to, to see more volunteers, more participation, more, more, um, more heart alignment from the entire church body. So we really put our faith there, and it was a difficult season when she stepped in because the moment she stepped in and became official last fall was when Delta variant started and then she gained a little traction and then Omicron and then, um, you know, she was starting with a deficit as far as just coming out of a, you know, two-year transition. We had held the ropes, but um, you definitely weren't at our most participation back there. But we just decided that, I remember having a conversation uh, one day with her and a couple others that really it just needs to be a matter of prayer. If we want to see Jesus build his church, then we need to pray. So what we've seen has been a beautiful thing. Um, I took a trip. It's funny, I was just talking to Rose about Brazil for a minute, but uh, myself and Rose and Fernando uh, were all in Brazil a couple of months ago. And we were partnering with a church there uh, led by a guy named Marlon Brito, who's been here before and will be here again. Wonderful pastor, leader in Brazil. And I don't know, I spent probably 80% of our time, Rose Fernando, ministering to children, teenagers. We were in the schools. We were doing youth outreaches. We were doing this, we were doing that. And when I came back, I just felt like, you know, this happens on mission trips. You go to give something, but you, you feel like you come back and you say, I received something. And I felt like I received something uh, for the next generation. And I remember I was in this prayer room, uh, which is right over here, the first room in the hall, about, I don't know, a couple of weeks after I got back. And I was praying. And did you guys ever have a light bright? Has nothing to do with this. I was just curious if you guys ever had a light bright. (laughs) Um. No, I was praying, and I saw in, in my mind, you know, if I share one of these, it's real, because I'm not, we've got some people in our church that see a lot of things, okay? Um, I'm not always one of them, but I'm always grateful when God lets me see something when I'm praying. But I saw like this dark canvas, kind of like a light bright, okay? And the reason I say it was a light bright is because I just began to see all these little lights come on. Like, you know, you plug one in, and then it lights up. And while I was praying was when I saw this image in my mind, and I have to tell you, I just sensed that it was connected to, to children and to, and to youth. And the way that it resonated in my spirit was that 
Um, there are, you know, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And that there are children and youth, and this is true for adults as well, but there are children and youth in the city that we just need to share the goodness of God. They need to hear the story of who he is. They need to know that Jesus is life. And they're going to hear that and they're going to respond. Now, I'm not saying 100% will respond, but I just feel moved and urged to overflow that with you. The very next Sunday, we were praying before the service, and some people began to pray into um, the word that they kept using. I mean, the very next Sunday before the service was a harvest. There's, we just sense there's going to be a harvest. And I, in my heart, sense that it's connected to that age group. So I want you to pray with faith that way as we, as we step into everything that, that God's doing in and through our church. I think that's one thing that we should think about. So when God started giving people in our church dreams, like they like went to sleep and woke up and felt like we were supposed to do a VBS, or when we brought people into staff discussions and the first thing they said was VBS, my faith was kind of already there. Okay, I was already in that boat that, yeah, let's, let's do this, okay? But as you know, if you've ever gone to a VBS, you know, three people don't do it. It's a, it's a collective church effort, right? But it's, it's you saying, if I have time, maybe I'm good at set design. Maybe I'm good at some of the science stuff that they're going to connect to the gospel. Maybe I'm good at being up front. Maybe I'm good in a skit. Maybe I'll help with some of the crafts they do. I can do this. I can do that. You don't have to be the person teaching at the VBS, but you do have a gift. And I've, I've said this before. Uh, some people are unbelievably talented with children, but there is no spiritual gift of ministering to children. There's no spiritual gift of ministering to children. Now, someone can be anointed with children and all that, but what I'm saying is everyone is in their zone in whatever capacity that the Lord has equipped you. So if you want to be a part of this VBS, but you say, well, I don't know, I'm not like the person that the kids just run up to. You just saw me get rejected by like three kids right here on stage, all right? <laughs> it happens, okay? So that, that's how, that's, that's okay, you know, but you have an opportunity. If Jesus Christ is life, okay? If he's life, right? Is he life? If he's life, I mean fullness, why would we not want to impart that to children? Why would we not want to impart that to children and youth? If he's life, The answer is we would. We would. Um, I want to talk to you. No, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait because I, I, there's, there's, we're going to talk about that another week. Wherever you are uh, in your relationship as a mother to your mother, with your mother, if she's still here. I want to acknowledge that everyone in here today may not be having the same positive emotion that the expectation of a day like this creates. Okay? Now, what do you mean? Well, that means some of you may be living in an ongoing conflict with your child as a mother. Some of you may be living in an ongoing conflict with your mother as a child. Some of you may miss your mother. Some of you may have regrets as a mother. Okay? 
Some of you may be very happy today. Some of you may be happy that God has restored things, but you may be heavy today. Um, wherever that is on your spectrum of mom, whether you are one or not one, some of you may want to be one, and that's a, a, a longing in your heart today, and you're hurting because of it. I want to revisit a psalm that we talked about last summer. I try to read the psalms every day. Um, if I don't read, if I read the Bible and there's things that I don't read, um, it's never the psalms. I'll, if, if, if I read the Bible every day, which I try to most days, but some days I don't. I just want, some, some days I, I, don't, I don't do it. I, but I, I, most days I do read the Bible. I've, just, I've had to learn to do that because it's like I have to eat. But if there's anything that in my reading plan, RCC's reading plan, if there's anything that I don't read, it's never the Psalms. If I'm going to have five minutes, it's going to be a Psalm because the Psalms pray through us. They, they, they help us pray. And you can, it's hard to find an emotion or a longing or a pain point or a hope or a dream or a disappointment or a vulnerability or a sadness or a gladness that's not represented in the Psalms. It's just like they're all there. And God's people have been praying these prayers for years and years and years. Okay? This is Psalm 126, 4 through 6. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy carrying sheaves with them like giant harvest, okay? Those who go out weeping, those who sow in tears. Now, is that a formula? You know, because we can get frustrated with the Bible because we go, is the Bible saying if I sow in tears, A plus B equals C? Now, this is a desperate prayer of faith. This is a prayer. Prayers aren't formulas, this is a prayer. This is someone refusing to lose faith in uh, Israel's fortune being restored. Israel was in a really bad place at this time, and they were refusing to lose heart. They were refusing to let go of their faith for everything that God had for them. So they are saying and writing prophetically, prophetically, I'm praying this, holding on to this, that if I sow, I may go out sowing in tears. I may go out sowing in sadness, but I'm believing in faith that those who sow in tears reap a harvest of joy, okay? And joy is not happiness. Happiness is easy. You can be happy your team won. But joy is always distinct from happiness because anytime you see someone with joy, there's pain in it. There's pain behind it. You can just see it in their face. Someone who's filled with joy, it's on the other side of pain. That's, that's how joy, now you can have joy, or just example for today, childbirth, joy, other side of pain. Okay, so joy always comes on the other side of pain. So for you mothers, for you daughters, for you sons, and for you dads, I do not know all of your emotions today. But I call you into this prayer. I call you into this prayer. If you have a wayward child, 
There's going to be a reserved front row section in heaven for all the mothers that have prayed lost sons home. I'm just telling you, that's not true, but you know what I mean. There should be. That's, that's, a, that's a toil, right? Like that's, a, that's, a, that's something you give your life to and daughters home, sons and daughters, okay? But those, are tears, those are tears that are sown. Mm, you're sowing them. You're sowing, okay? We're sowing. These babies we dedicated, let's, it's time to start sowing. This is, this is, if you haven't started before today, day one, now we're sowing. We're sowing through hardships, through difficulties, through good times, through bad times, through happy moments, through sad moments. We're sowing. We're sowing in faith into their life because we want to see God birth something beautiful in them and through them. Okay. I want you to stand because I want to leave some time for prayer. It was about 33% of my sermon. But I want to leave some time for prayer because I don't know what you're sowing into right now, or I don't know if you need to go, you need to go back and get some more seed because you stopped sowing. But I'm always going to encourage you to continue sowing, okay? Because the enemy, a lot of people think the enemy's number one goal is to get you to mess up. That's not his number one goal. The enemy's number one goal for your life is to get you to give up. He wants you to mess up over and over and over. You become so discouraged, you give up, okay? But his number one goal is not for you to mess up. You're going to mess up, and I don't say that because I want you to. I just say that because you're a human. But his number one goal is for you to give up and stop sowing, okay? So for you, that may be. We do a, we, we do a time here at the end of our service, if you're new, called prayer ministry. Jocelyn's going to come up in just a second and lead us through that. But if you're sowing or you want to reignite this sowing and praying in faith, or you just want to stand in prayer for something. Maybe you have a physical need. Maybe you have a financial burden. Maybe you're in some sort of crisis right now. Maybe you're in a relational fallout. You don't know what that looks like. Or maybe you're just praying for direction. Like what's next? What does God have for me and my family next? Or what does he have for me next? All of those are reasons to come forward. And we have people here called prayer ministers that are trained and equipped to pray for you. So I'd like to invite our prayer ministers to come down uh, right now and um, just uh, be down front. And then if you want to receive prayer for anything, something that I said or something that you walked in with carrying on your heart, you can come down right now. You don't have to be a part of this church to come down for prayer, but we ask that when you come down, you just kind of stand like this. And if you're comfortable, you can open your hands because our body language says a lot. When I approach someone and they're doing like this, it tells me something. They're holding on. They're defensive. Okay? You may be uncomfortable, but it's a beautiful act to open your palms and say, God, whatever you have, I'm open. People are going to come by, lay a hand on your shoulder. They're going to pray for you. And if they believe that the Holy Spirit gives them anything to pray over you, they're going to pray that over you. I'm going to stay up here and I want you to pray for people. Okay? Um, if, if God gives them something to pray over you, they're going to pray it over you. So right now, if you want prayer, I want to invite you to come down.